0: Good evening, this is Apostle Dr. Cynthia King Bolden Gardner with Kingdom Consciousness, and I want to talk to you tonight about sufficient grace. In Philippians, the third chapter, the Word of God says, at verse 13, Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, in other words, understood, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind, they're past, they're in back of you, and reaching forth, grasping, grabbing, stretching, expanding unto those things which are before. I press, in other words, struggle, strain, apply myself toward the mark for the prize. There's only one prize, only one gift Only one Olympic game worth winning, but it's not a game. It's life and death for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Let us therefore, as many as be perfect, be thus minded. And if in anything ye be otherwise minded, God shall reveal even this unto you. The Word of God God tells us that we are to be on one accord in one place. He has committed unto us the ministry of reconciliation, and right now there's so much division and schism in the body. It's got to go. In 2 Corinthians, the third chapter, the Word of God says, Do we begin again to commend ourselves, or need we, as some others, epistles of commendation to you or letters of commendation from you, ye are our epistle written in our hearts, known and read of all men. In other words, our works speak for themselves. For as much as ye are manifestly declared to be the epistle of Christ, ministered by us, in other words, written in the blood of the Lamb, written not with ink, but with the spirit of the living God, not in tables of stone, but in fleshly tables of the heart. Remember the word of God says, I'll remove the stony heart from you and give you a heart of flesh. And such trust have we through Christ to Godward. Not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything as of ourselves, but our sufficiency is of God who also hath made us able ministers in the New Testament, not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter killeth, but the Spirit giveth life. And then finally, in Titus, the third chapter, Titus, the third chapter, at verse one, it says, put them in mind to be subject to principalities and powers, to obey magistrates, to be ready to every good work to speak evil of no man, and that means sinner or saint, to be no brawlers but gentle, showing all meekness unto all men. For we ourselves also were sometimes foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving diverse lusts and pleasures, living in malice and envy, hateful in hating one another. But after that, the kindness and love of God, our Savior toward man appeared, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. Father, we thank you for this word. So the word of God tells us that his grace is sufficient. And when we take a look at the man born blind, everybody in John 9 wanted to talk smack to him about his condition. Who healed you? Isn't this the man that was born blind? They wanted to talk to his parents. And they said, we don't know, ask him. And then he told them, I don't know. All I know is that where I was blind, now I see forgetting those things which are past. This is a new day. God's grace is sufficient. Nicodemus came to Jesus by night in John 3, 4. And then he helped with his burial. in John nineteen thirty nine. brought pounds of spices for the burial. And he wanted to know about being born again. Nicodemus had been a person that was one of the Pharisees, he was one of the leaders, and yet he comes to Jesus by night because he knows that Jesus is a possessor of the truth. Jesus does not condemn him. He tells him what he must do. He must be born again. And then he leads him forward and never, ever brings up his past. Forget about it. God's grace is sufficient. Let's take a look at Zacchaeus in Luke 19, verse 3. Zacchaeus was a tax collector, a hated person, climbed up in a tree, a little man of stature, but powerful in terms of his ability to execute things against people. And yet he wanted to see Jesus. Jesus knew that he needed to see him. And so Jesus didn't condemn him about the taxes or what he had taken or anything else. He just said, Zacchaeus, come down. Today I have need to be at your house. Take a look at Esther. Esther was an orphan child in, verse, in chapter 7, verse 6. But God turned around and made her queen. Forget what's behind. Press, go forward. My grace is sufficient. Take a look at Ruth and Naomi lost everything spouses, land, food, famine, everything. But she said, Your people will be my people, and my God, your God, and aught but death shall separate me from thee. God blessed her. And look where she became, the wife of Boaz. And as the wife of Boaz, she is in the bloodline for Jesse and then David and on down the line to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Forget what you used to be. God's got something greater in store for your life. Take a look at the beggar by the roadside in Mark chapter 10, verse 6. And Luke 18, I believe it is, verse 35, and they told him, shush, shush. But he kept crying the louder, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus said, bring him to me. And he threw aside his garments. And when he threw aside his garments and he went to Jesus, he got his petition answered. He was no longer a beggar. He became a child of God and an heir to the throne. God's grace is sufficient. Take a look at the widow. She had a son. In Luke seven twelve, and the one in the Old Testament, in 2 Kings 8, verse 5, her, their sons died, but Jesus recognized what it would be like for them without their sons, and his grace was sufficient he raised up the widow's son and Elijah raised up the widow's son in, the other, in 2 Kings by stretching forth on him and breathing in him until he sneezed. Take a look at the Emos disciples. They talked as they walked along the way in Luke 24, 13, and they talked about what Jesus was, what he had been mighty in word And indeed, but little did they know, the very one they said was, was even greater than that now and was in their midst. He took them from where they were talking about the past and gave them an intensive spirit of heartburn. Did not our hearts burn within us? Forget about what was yesterday. Today is a new day, and God's grace is sufficient for you. And then finally, in John 21, the disciples had given up, and Peter, as usual, being the impetuous one, decided, Let's go fishing. I go a fishing. And they said they would go with him. But Jesus met him in this technically backslidden state because he girt his fisherman's coat upon him and he said, it is the Lord, and he dove into the water. He went back to what was past, but Jesus told us, forgetting those things which are past and pressing forth towards those that are beyond, it said, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. And I say all that to say this, no matter where you've been, what you've been, what you've done, Jesus doesn't want to hear about it. Jesus, I used to be a pimp. So what? I used to be a prostitute. So what? I used to be a gambler and a hustler. So what? I was a gangbanger. So what? I was a dope slinger. So what? I was a gossiper, a backbiter, a child bearer a child molester, so what? I was a pedophile, so what? I was a rapist, so what? I was a murderer, so what? All of these things, a drunkard, a a drug addict, all of these things.